In this episode, I sit down with Casey and Jason from the Compendium Podcast, so stay tuned. If you're enjoying these episodes, first, I want to thank you for your listenership. Your support means the world to me. And for those of you who are just tuning in to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And after this episode, leave us an honest review. Hopefully, it's a five-star review, but leave us an honest review. Your reviews actually help me um, gauge what you all want in the audience. But your reviews, especially when they're a five-star, help the channel grow. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave that review. Three, two, one. All right. Casey, Jason, I am so happy to have you on the podcast. How are y'all doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Jason? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Can't complain. Can't complain. So, folks, you know... Y'all have noticed and had known that Jason and I have a, uh, a, you know, he's been a fan, a supporter of the Bearded Nerd. He is a Bearded Nerd himself. And um, I feel a little left out here, guys. I'm the only one without a beard in this conversation. No, is it a prerequisite? No, you bring bring something diverse to this group. So don't even worry about it. Okay. Um, Jason and I, we go back. Um, we've had videos before. We've done giveaways together. We're pretty much, you know, we've gone to cons together, Mace Con specifically. Um, but Casey, you are, um, you know, you are a brand new guest to the show. So if you don't mind, could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, I am a new nerd and I am proud of it. Um, <laughs> I am Casey. I am the uh, kind of host and uh, mind behind The Compendium, a podcast designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Um, and that came uh, after I was attempting to teach myself how to play with kind of really no main mentors until my husband was like, hey, Jason plays D&D, who we had kind of known through a different avenue. And so I started sitting down with Jason whenever I could corner him and picking his brain. And uh, I came up with the idea for the podcast because it was basically what I wanted when I was Mm -hmm. trying to learn, but I couldn't find anywhere. So I decided, you know, if it's not out there, I think this would be valuable and I want to try to create this. So that's kind of how the whole thing came about. Necessity awesome. is the mother of invention, right? That's very Absolutely. true. Um, so how did you know, did you meet, did you, uh, were you and Jason just friends beforehand or did you know each other from other, um, through Instagram and through that kind of network? No. So funny story here. Um, Jason was actually, actually used to work with my husband. Oh, and cool. so him and my husband met and clicked pretty well. Cause my husband's a big nerd too. Um, and I, I feel really embarrassed about this, but I actually had no clue that Jason played D&D until after I got into D&D. And my husband's like, you know, Jason, I mean, Jason plays D&D. You could just ask him. And I was like, he does? So obviously you mentioned this at some point, Jason, but that's how oblivious I was to this game is that apparently it didn't even like register with me. So we knew each other kind of prior meeting through kind of work mm-hmm base stuff and then ended up him and I ended up connecting and um getting to know each other a lot more after I dove into D&D. Yeah, like you said, like there's D&D nerds were everywhere. Like there's one behind <laughs> you right now. Just like ah. Mhm. That's pr- yeah, pretty much like you can I mean, I could pretty much like in a 50 foot radius. That's a pretty small radius. Have mm-hmm. like some D&D nerd just pop out. I and and you know what? That's okay. I am perfectly okay with that. 
I think mm-hmm. we need oh, yeah. to have that in this world. Absolutely. So what, um, so Casey, you know, I, I have a, a bunch of different questions, but one of my questions that I have is what is, you know, your favorite aspect as a new player and as someone new to the hobby and the industry itself? Um, well, newer, because, you know, as you said, your husband's a big nerd, shout out to him. Uh, I don't know his name, but shout out to him. Right. And, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, you're already in that culture. I already, I would consider you, you're already in that culture, but how did you dive deeper? What parts, you know, made you want to dive deeper? Yeah. So I was basically a nerd by association. Uh, My husband, Ryan, his name is Ryan. He's a huge nerd. And anything I know about nerdiness is all because I've watched him play video games or because he showed me these cool sweatshirts and has to explain to me what the logo is of because I don't really have a clue. So Mm -hmm. I was immersed in nerd culture, but not necessarily of my own volition per se, I guess. Like I wasn't against it, but he was definitely the huge inciting incident for me to get into like anything like this, but he actually never played D and D either. So oh, cool. he's the one that got me into D and D because somebody that he worked with was a D and D person, wanted to start a group, mm-hmm. got together a couple of people from his work. They met, I think twice before the stereotypical scheduling issue and debacle hit uh, yes. and they never got back together. 40, yeah. 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 <laughs> And so he would come home and he would tell me like, oh yeah, we did this and we did that. And like something was like, hmm, tell me more. Well, mm. well I mean, like I was like trying to not act too interested because I was like, I don't, I don't know if I like this, but you know, I'm just you know, like, well, what else happened that, that session? And I just got really intrigued by the concept. And so mm. I kind of hit the ground running. And I think what interested me the most is my background's actually in film production. So I have two college degrees in film and I used to work in the film industry for like, oh gosh, five, 10 years, something like that before I changed focus. And the thing that always attracted me to film was the synergy behind the scenes of all of these different people having to work together to produce this singular kind of artistic element. And then on the other side, what movies provide to viewers, which is kind of this ability to escape empowerment, um, kind of the psychological like element of film Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what D&D does is it gives you an opportunity to have a collaborative storytelling experience where everybody has a chance to kind of back up from whatever is going on that day and fully immerse themselves into something that you know maybe is just completely meaningless and allow you to just relax and have a good time and you know there's no real repercussions to it I guess Mm -hmm. so I think that that was where that spark initially came from was the similarities with my first love of filmmaking I could definitely see that and I can I've you know I've spoken my brother's a film critic and I've spoken to him and he's honestly not that savvy into D&D just because like I kind of took that and ran with it um and he's but he's my big brother and he's my biggest supporter besides like my wife and my family um (laughs) like he's he said something really great though from his experience a dungeon master or a game master is like the director. It's the one that's there kind of putting all the, you know, the, they have to not only, and especially in indie films, right. You have to also write, you have to do all these different things, but it doesn't work without the actors and actresses on set. It doesn't work without that type of synergy and a camera angle can almost take something and make it seem even, you know, it can bring you to an emotional level. 
right? Or it can bring you, and whatever that emotional level may be. Look at Quentin Tarantino, when every shot that he films, like, I forget what the shot is called, but it's, you know, the actors are facing up and the camera's facing down. You know, I mean, he's used that in Pulp Fiction. He's used that in Inglorious Bastards. All these different films where it's like, he's trying to, you know, portray this energy, this character. And the dungeon master does that a lot when they're explaining certain scenes and when they're evoking that type of visual, you know, um, audio, any of that type, uh, you know, type of thing, it's really similar. And I thought to myself, dang, I'm going to take that. So I am taking that, even though he's my older brother, I'm still taking that and I'm borrowing and I'm running with it. Um, and I don't know what you think about that. How do you think of the dungeon master or the game master um, in a tabletop RPG? Oh, it's, it's exactly what you said, at least for me. Um, I, yeah, I think, so I like to, to plan. <laughs> this mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. the dichotomy between Jason and I is I'm like, I will plan a year in advance for something if I have the time. Um, and so I think that I don't, I don't actually know if I would enjoy playing D and D. I'm, I feel like I'm the one, uh, like exception to the rule where everyone wants to play and nobody wants to be the DM and then they get roped into being the DM. Like I want to be the DM and I don't actually know if I would enjoy playing the same way because I like having that week between sessions to mm. think, to have that time to kind of step back and ponder and look at it from different perspectives. And I don't feel like I would get that being a player the same way. Okay. Um, and I think it's just that inner kind of director in me where I want to understand the story and I want to understand if this happens, what's the chain of events that this will cause down the road for this other character or, you know, like, wait a minute, they just killed off the people that had really important information. So I need to devise a new way to get them that information. And so it's just this great creative exercise size, I think, and, you know, setting the stage and everything, like you said, it's, it, for me, at least, it, it is very, very much like directing. I don't know, like, Jason, what do you think? Because you're, you're kind of in this media world, but not necessarily the film side. Yeah, no, for, I, I think you said it correctly, like, you are very meticulous, you are very prepared, and which is why the podcast gets made, is because you're in <laughs> charge of the, like, planning, uh, and I just have to show up and, and talk about nerd stuff. Um, for me, I'm much more of a, a big picture kind of global thinker, yeah. which has its own pros and cons. Um, and so I, I think of things as like large beats and uh, kind of character arcs and story arcs. And, and um, like I, my most detailed notes are maybe an outline. Like as I look at notes, like my notes are like just like people names and place names. So I don't forget that them. terrifies me so much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I swing on the trapeze with a no net, man. Um, but yeah, like, so I, I think of things as like Freitag's pyramid, you know, like what's going to happen at the point of conflict, what's the rising action, what's the climatic action and falling in denouement and all that. And so I just will have like four words on a page and then a bunch of like place names and proper names. And then that's kind of it. Cause I know what I'm going to do ish. Yeah. And so uh, Casey thinks of it more as being a director, which is a great approach for me. I think of it more like being a, uh, a referee at a hockey game where mm -hmm. I am uh, skating just as fast as the players watching what everyone's doing, thinking about the rules and I'm doing it backwards. Um, cause you know, I like just, that. Right. And so I'm like, it's like, I like the chaos element of it. Yeah. I have high, I have a very high threshold for chaos. Yeah. And so, um, that's kind of how I think of it now, but I also do like plan long-term and 
I kind of know where my my big bad uh, evil guy villain is and what his goals are and I know who he's working with and all these other things and so as my players and their ingenuity and creativity come up with new things to do and new uh, directions to take the story and their ability to choose it helps in me inform the story and go oh because they chose that i think that this other person would do this which would hit off this chain of events mm. but a lot of the time i'm making it off up on the fly with the larger narrative story in view so uh yes yeah, so we had very much different approaches but i think it was what uh, you need both and many other approaches to make a game like D be a lot of fun be engaging be interesting and because we're so different in that way i think it makes the compendium podcast work as well as it does because we're, we're opposites in a lot of ways but both coming back to our kind of uh, source of being creative people who want to create things and the fact that in real life in real life we're both actually bards i think really help yeah so <laughs> so i'm no. actually curious yeah. I, I don't want to hijack your show brian but i'm i'm curious jason what were your first impressions of me when i started coming to you with all these D D questions having absolutely zero clue what i was doing i thought it was great because um if anyone's ever met me, they know that I love explaining things. And the reason that I love explaining things, kidding, um, is so and I love explaining things. So I, I like to talk to people and, and share any You're information passionate. that I have. I, I am passionate about explaining stuff. And my mom always thought I would become a teacher and I, I didn't, but in many ways I did. Um, and so uh, I was happy to do it when Casey, we got together for coffee and we'd talk about all these different stuff. And, and um, but she, she also told me like, you were like running a game and I'm like, wait, 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 how many times have you played? You're like none. And I'm like, you are the bravest person I've ever met. You are hardcore. Like Casey, have you, have you, haven't you like been a player like all of like once, I think? Yes. One time. Okay. One time. That's like, it was this. a one shot. That's yeah. like Ray, Ray from got DM or I think a mutual friend of ours, very similar. Yeah. He yeah. only played like once or twice, but he's DM for 20 plus years. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Yeah. So, and then she was like, yeah, and I'm also writing my own Doctor Who themed adventure and I'm all- That's legit. It is legit. So, so she is, Casey, you're a person who sees what you want to do and you just go for it and you self-educate and you make yourself as good as you possibly can to accomplish your goal, which is great. And Mm -hmm. so I love that as the driving force behind the podcast. Um, But I also would challenge an earlier statement you said, which is that you're not nerdy you're a huge doctor who fan and yeah that's the, a that's nerdy yeah like that's, that's the one thing i i will completely own that i am 100 percent nerdy about see that's, yeah. that's okay that's, so that's, i'm drinking tea right now and i actually have a doctor who teapot cozy over my teapot okay yeah that's yeah that's okay you just <laughs> oh lied on this podcast you're the yeah. first one to lie on this podcast outright you are a nerd uh, like yeah, yeah. Uh, did I roll a natural one on my uh, deception check? That's right. Cause <laughs> yeah, that's my, right. In, my insight was a nat 20. Um, but you're also like a huge Disney nerd too. And so like you, you've got a huge Again, nerd, like, nerd, that, that a is a nerd, nerd swath in you. It's just not the same as some other people. So everyone's Fair a nerd enough. in their own way. A nerd is about how you love something, not what you love. Exactly. And the way we love it is passionately and obsessively. Okay. And that's, yeah, with that definition, I would definitely a nerd. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, and, and it's funny that, you know, y'all mentioned the differences between kind of your thought processes when you're a DM or when you're, you know, a GM, whatever term you'd like to use. 
because a lot of folks, um, and especially with, you know, that I've encountered through the Bearded Nerd is they're somewhere in between, right? There are a lot of people who are in between that say, well, I have a big picture idea, but then I want to dive deep into this, you know, world, this country, this people, whatever it may be. And for a lot of those uh, individuals, it's almost kind of hard to do that from my experience talking to them because it's almost like they want to work on this one thing, but then the big picture aspect, they got to keep that focused. So Casey, how do you, um, and, and Jason, I would love to know this as well, but how do y'all keep that kind of centered and keep that balance between making sure you have that big picture, but also focusing on the you know details of your game or of your session? Well, I don't know that I, I think Jason's going to have a little bit more to contribute to that because the campaign I'm running right now is my Doctor Who campaign and I have trapped my party on the TARDIS. And so I have complete control oh, over the environment and what awesome. is there. Um, and my premise with that is that the TARDIS, nobody really knows like it changes based off of the needs of the of what's going on and the people inside of it so it's never fully disclosed the rooms that are in the TARDIS and so mm. it was kind of free range for me as a creator to be like this could be anything we know about two or three rooms that are constant like the control room and some other stuff um, and so I basically I made a map and those that that was the world and so it was it's easy for me at this point because it's it's somewhat broad but it's still very minor in the sense that I have them contained to one space that at this point they have not yet been able to escape. Kind so I think mm -hmm. Jason might have more experience with like more of the actual like free roaming kind of world experience because I haven't quite mustered my uh, my uh, enthusiasm to dive into that just yet. Yeah, and I thought it was really weird that you included 12 kitchens and zero bathrooms into the TARDIS. That was really an odd I choice. did not. <laughs> Um, I'd like to hear more about that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So, I mean, and that's the thing is that when you're creating a world, whether it's kind of a closed or a big uh, sandbox kind of world, um, it, it, it can be a lot easier to put your players in a dungeon. Let me mm -hmm. rephrase that. Put your characters in a dungeon. Uh, the other thing might be illegal. Um, but yeah. and that's, and if you go, even go back to like Gary Gygax in the, in the 70s, Mm -hmm. He was channeling, exploring the old derelict psychiatric hospital from his childhood, which sounds terrifying. Yeah. Um, and but because now you've got this kind of fantasy funhouse that they can't go anywhere but there, yep. and so that's why uh, dungeons are so popular is because it is a fixed quantity and you can know everything about it without having to figure out what's over the next hill and what the next town is like and how it's different than the town they're in now. And so that's one of the things that you can do early on as a DM is you can put them in a dungeon or mm -hmm. a catacombs or a, or a keep or whatever. Anything could be a dungeon. Them. Yeah, exactly. There's so many options for that because it keeps them contained. Um, and for me, though, like when we are in like kind of big world mode, surface, surface uh, world kind of stuff, it, it really has to, for me, be about the general um, idea and vibe of an area. And um, I, I, I come into this problem where I both love and hate travel. Like travel in D&D &D from getting point A to point B is always kind of boring yeah. uh, and takes a really long time. Like, you know, you could travel three days and it takes you five minutes at the table, but then a three minute battle takes you six hours, right? It's, it's the kind of classic inverse 
uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. But the, the great thing about it is, is unless they're high, high level, um, your characters can't go too far too fast, yeah. which also lets you, if you're a, a kind of a big world thinker, to kind of know the general idea. And then as your uh, characters and players get close to something, that's when the granularity goes up. That's when the, the specificity can increase. And so as they're observing it, it becomes more real, more textured and, and more lived in mm-hmm. because I don't have to know what the 12 towns around the wizard's tower are like until you get there. And then I can think yeah, about yeah. that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, like I, and, and also too, I, I don't understand how, how, uh, people like Casey can have such detailed information, especially in an open world concept in a dungeon. Absolutely. Um, an open world concept, because like, you don't know what the, they're going to do. Like, h- how do you plan that far ahead when, uh, your players are burdened with infinite choice? Mm. I can't yeah, and that's, plan infinitely. I'm- yeah, that's where I am personally trying to grow, um, which is weird, is to be more lax. I'm kind of trying to grow in doing less. No, that, um, that makes sense, though. And, I, and I'm always trying But to it's for that very prepared. reason. Yeah, we, well, that's why we go well together, yin yeah. and yang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and, and that's, I think, I've learned so much by this homebrew that I've done. Like, it's been incredible, the amount of knowledge. And my hope is that once we're done playing through it, that I can refine it and actually let people play it. So eventually, yeah. I'm hoping to let that be something for other nerds that like awesome. Doctor Who to be able to enjoy. Um, but I've learned a lot because my my analytic side, for example, was like, oh, well, you know, people live on the TARDIS, so there's got to be a bathroom. But does the story, oh, Jason, stop laughing. Um, <laughs> I'm like, now I'm like, does no, the story right. warrant that? And the thing is, is like, for me, my brain is like, yes, logically that needs to be there. But to my players, if that hadn't been in that map, I don't think they would have noticed. They wouldn't mm-hmm. have called out like, hey, well, where's this? And so I'm learning to balance that level of logic with kind of the story and what people are willing to overlook or not even think about because of it being a game. And so that's been such a great creative challenge for me to like step back and really look at things is, you know, like, well, this should be here, but does it have to be here? Mm. So, you know, it kind of goes into that. That makes total sense because it's the balance between, you know, being mechanical and being artistic at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, for me, I've been, I, so I have a homebrew campaign and I, and it's the, it's the setting of a copia. It's this homebrew that I've been, I honestly, not to sound dramatic, but it's, it's, I've been working on it for years because every time I am exposed to something different, even, and you can even, you can ask Jason when Jason was here uh, for MaceCon, we went to a great barbecue place mm-hmm. and we were talking, but the, and, and, and at that moment, and I don't know, Jason, if you remember this, but I was talking, like I was tasting the food and I thought to myself, huh, this would be an interesting plate or variation to have in my world and to showcase it for one of the races in my world, one of the dwarves um, or one of the kingdoms of dwarves that, you know, kind of, they are into just like slow cooked roasted meats and how that would affect their culture and their civilization because now I'm thinking, okay, well, the ecology would have to be all these different things in my mind. And I kept it to myself. I said a little bit because I was like, man, I don't really want to freak Jason out because <laughs> we're friends, but I also don't want to be that guy. Um, 
you know, and, and my wife and, and the South here, bless her heart. Like I love her to death and she is my all, but she listens to this and she has to tolerate this. So, <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's almost like, how do you balance that? How do you balance that type of almost quasi, um, you know, detailed almost to a, a fault? How do you, des- how do you almost incorporate that into a world that you're going to produce, right? If you, if it's a, if you're going to stream it, if you're going to um, have it in a, you know, maybe a hardcover or a, or a PDF file where you're going to do this, how, how do you balance that out? How do you think one should approach that? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's many fold. Um, the first thing that came to mind is a saying in film, uh, mostly in screenwriting, uh, mm-hmm. which is kill your babies. You may or may not have heard it before, but yeah, it sounds very morbid, no, but it's basically the idea of you have to give up the things that you care about the most in a story mm-hmm. sometimes to make the story more powerful. Mm-hmm. But just because you're not sharing that with the, you know, the, the viewer or the reader or the, the characters um, doesn't necessarily mean that it just by it existing doesn't bring value to your world because mm-hmm. they could walk in somewhere and say like, well, what do I see? What do I smell? And then that's your time where you'd be like, well, let me tell you. And you have that to be able to share and to, to kind of give with them. Um, and then the other thing is that if it's really important, I would say find a game mechanic to make it necessary. Mm-hmm. Like Great a clue is hidden in this or, you know, somebody's like, oh, I got food poisoning from this place. And like, everybody's getting sick, but nobody's getting better and create maybe like a plot hook that will help lead people, especially if it's something that you just vividly can picture and just kind of feel creatively, mm-hmm. um, find a way to work it in the story. That's probably what I would do. That's, all, that's really good. Yeah, and I don't think it's unusual to have, you know, inspiration while eating Southern barbecue. I think that's <laughs> fairly common, um, but um, that was really good. But um, it really was, though. It, it really was. But I mean, I, I think it also uh, speaks to um, the job of a dungeon master or anyone writing a story is to, to don't forget you have five main senses mm-hmm. and you have to engage them all. And so the Correct. taste and the texture and the smell of that place that we went to, and even the decor and the clientele, Mm -hmm. all of this is data and sensory information that makes a place feel real and lived in and dynamic as opposed to, you know, just a flat backdrop, like in a Shakespearean play or something. Yeah. And so you, you can absolutely include those things, but I, I, I think you can't gaze too, uh, too too strongly on a single element or aspect of a larger thing, you know. Um, if you look at the Mona Lisa, you, you, you want to notice all the details—the sly smile, the slight turn of the head, the um, the gazebo in the back, and the, the trellises and all that kind of stuff. But you you don't enjoy the Mona Lisa if you just gaze at her wrist. Like that's not mm-hmm. like big deal. Like there's some people who that, that's their thing. And those are art critics and they live in Milan. But like for most of us, we need to like zoom out a little bit and enjoy yeah. the whole thing because of the details, not just the the small details and miss the forest for the trees, as it were. And so in your example, Brian, like, yeah, absolutely include that mm-hmm. as a 
passing detail to, yep. to fill out the world. But if then if they want to zoom in on that, you have this real world reference where you can describe the crap out of that yep. and make them feel like, you know, they're about to go take some, you know, uh, cooking lessons on the side and get, you know, uh, skill checks and cooking gourmet barbecue or whatever. That's right. Cast iron. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, but you know, and it's something that um, Tolkien did very often. Mm. He oh, yeah. had this amazing mythos and a lot of people, you know, may disagree with this, but I personally think that Tolkien is a great example of balance between having a great, um, you know, mythos and a great universe, but then being able to take pages, you know, well, rather paragraphs and, and into pages of detail. You know, it, it was known that he would walk in his garden, smell a rose or a flower and then go 30 minutes into describing what it was. And I think that's a very, that's a, that's a, that is a really great sign of talent. And that's a really great sign of balance, being able to balance the big picture and the little picture. Um, so with that being said, since both of you kind of have really great grasps on that, when you've come together for the podcast, how do you all um, try to balance that within your episodes when you're trying to, um, you know, create more um, content, so to speak, but to create more opportunities for individuals to benefit? Um, well, uh, Jason and I joke that our tagline on the podcast is we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Um, and that, I think I like that's it. because of this very reason is that it's such a broad world and everything connects to everything that, you know, we'll mention, hey, this pertains to this other thing, but for the sake of clarity, we're not going to focus on that yet. We'll, we'll do that in its own episode. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were actually just joking about that. The last recording that we did is, yeah. you know, our tagline, the compendium. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I think we teased feats for like seven episodes or something. <laughs> it's the beginning, I think, like episode yeah. one. We were just like, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, and I think that's the challenge. But I think that's also why I wanted to start the compendium is because mm. even with the the dungeon master guide and the player's handbook and all of this, um, you can't really just use an index to find that yeah. because sometimes like your level up thing on this will be under the class. Sometimes it will be, you know, under the race. Sometimes you can't just go to the leveling up chapter and see all of the information there. Correct. And especially if you're new, you don't know what, and you don't know what a race and a class is or what they have or that they even matter with leveling up or that there's things that happen when leveling up to know that you need to like bounce around the book. Um, and so I think that was a, a huge goal and I hope that we're achieving it because that's one of my big things with the compendium is I want to simplify, I want to clarify. Um, and so I don't know if we're being successful, but I think we just have conversations before we start recording about, hey, we want to talk about this. Does that make sense here? Would it make sense somewhere else? Um, and we just kind of use our best judgment. And I rely on Jason a lot for his input on, you know, how all of that ties together and where it might make the most sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we've talked about how, you know, I'm, I'm a bit more vague and she's more planning, but for all that though, too, is I, I, I revel in like logic and being able to lay things out orderly that comes with the whole kind of teaching vibe. And so what's great there is where we have a synergy where mm -hmm. Casey's wonderful at planning and I 
I think, do a good job of laying things out in a logical way. And so as we were getting ready to do the episode about skills, I was like, well, we have to talk about proficiency bonus first because skills don't make any sense unless you know about the proficiency bonus. And, uh, you know, hey, let's talk about combat. Uh, Let's talk about what initiative is. And then let's talk about um, the four kinds of... um, uh, actions you can take mm-hmm. and the 10 kind of uh, actions you can take under the standard action thing mm-hmm. and, and laying those things out. And so that's where I think we come together and, and, and uh, build upon and synergize with some of our, our, our skill sets uh, to make that happen. Um, I was going to, I don't know if I told you this, Casey, but I had a friend who he and his wife just moved away to go uh, back East. And before they moved, they, uh, he wanted to play D and D he'd always wanted to try it and never got a chance to. And so we, uh, set it up and we did a socially distance, uh, like new D and D players game where everyone there had never played except one guy, one of the guys from my normal game. Anyway, all sit like really far in my living room, with our masks on, and uh, I had given that guy my uh, the podcast. And I was like, hey, if you get a chance to listen to the compendium, and that might help you get a, a good idea. In the day of the game, he said, oh, yeah, I, I finished it. I'm like, what do you mean you finished it? He listened to all six to eight hours at that time in nice. one day. Oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, what is up? And I said, did it help? He said, yeah, I think I got it. And he did great. Like he did a lot, really, really well. That's really, that's really uh, awesome. That makes me feel good. It does, doesn't it? And like my kids were like uh, barred from playing because they tend to take over sometimes. And they got <laughs> to sit, they got to just kind of sit nearby some of the brand new players and help them do things. They're, that's cool. They're, 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 they're D&D concierge. Um, but my friend Junior, he, he needed very little help and was even like, well, how do I dual wield a weapon? Like what's the deal here? And what's the pros and cons and like asking these great questions. And so I feel like the compendium is, is, is being a good resource for people because it's helping people who are brand new, get their, their legs for the game, but also people who have been playing for a long time to go, Oh yeah, I forgot that about, you know, the constitution bonus. I forgot mm-hmm. that about um, the use object action in combat, you know, so on and so forth. And so hopefully it's, it's, it's short and sweet and gets the idea across and acts as a audio index for players, both new and old to help them to have more fun playing the game. Yeah. And that was really kind of my goal, you know, when I, when I pitched it to you, um, was that I wanted something that was kind of like a, a a dictionary maybe, or an index where, and that's why all the episodes are broken up into like five minute episodes, because Mm -hmm. the best podcasts that I found, you know, would be an hour, two hours long and they'd be really informational, but then it'd be like, yeah, but then, you know, that'll mess with your proficiency bonus unless your DC is this. And like, as a new person, I was like, I don't know what you just said. And then an hour later, I forgot about what I didn't know. And then like, you know, like I retained some of it, but was it all applicable? And so I wanted something where, you know, if you heard, oh yeah, you know, unless your DC is that, you can go to the compendium and you can find the, you know, episode about abilities and you can listen to five minutes to learn about what that thing means to be like, okay, got it. And you can continue on with whatever else you need to know. You can consume and digest it. Exactly. And that was kind of my goal. Yeah. And I love that. I really do love that. And honestly, it actually leads perfectly to um, really my last question because the way the compendium is, and I honestly, it's perfect in my opinion. Um, And that might be biased because I love (laughs) y'all, but it's actually, but from an outside perspective, it's something that for myself, 
as I'm working from home, I want something that I can consume. I don't have to write it down on a notepad. Mm-hmm. I can consume it and say, oh, that makes sense. Keep on with my day. And that's the type of podcast that y'all have. And that's, and I'm really excited to hear more about your podcast. And actually the last question is, do you, could you reveal any plans in the future of what you might be talking about um, regarding uh, D&D? Well, Casey I don't know, maybe you charge. need to make a perception check. Yeah, Ooh. I think Casey has the, the episode <laughs> list because she writes all those down. So go ahead, Casey. You can tell whatever you want. Oh, great. Yeah, no, I'm going to be on the spot. So I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately because I am a, I'm not concerned, but I'm wondering what comes next because it gets into that much mm-hmm. more open space of mm-hmm. all of the information at once. Up until this point, we were able to focus in on like, well, before you can even play, you have yeah. to understand, you know, yes. you have to have a character, you have to have somebody gotcha. to play the game. Yep. And so it was very easy to find that channel going in. And so our episodes right now are talking about combat. And then we'll probably get into, you know, the next uh, part of D&D, which is adventuring. But oh my gosh, you get into adventuring and it just opens up to it's so gonna, many yeah. different topics. It's going to open up so much. Yeah. And so, you know, eventually down the line, like way down the line, I'm hoping once we get the foundation of D&D covered Mm -hmm. where people can listen to this first chunk and feel like, okay, I feel equipped to sit down and try to play a game with my friends. Um, At that point, I'd love to start diving into individual episodes on monsters or on, you know, some of these different like curses or magic items or where we can just, you know, have maybe more of a conversational approach to how this has been used. Um, Jason and Mm -hmm. I have dialogue about possibly doing um, basically like short little DM'd sessions where we can then replay the episode, like, you know, where Jason can do something or I can do something. And then we'd be like, well, why did you make that decision? Did you know that he was going to do that? Mm, Because that was big for me because, I mean, I was watching, I watched, again, lots of, you know, Matt Mercer and lots of videos when I got started to figure out what this was all about. And the DM was just like, oh yeah, this happens, this happens. I'm like, how do they know this? How did they, did they just have that planned? And so that insight- is yeah, yeah get it. and I remember Absolutely. like the game that I watched you playing Jason yeah she, um, she, that she one came time. to one of my games and like took notes and sat in the corner it was yeah you know, it was awesome I was that is awesome I love that's um, actually really great I I might you see I'm the type of person that I would do that like uh, but I'm like Jason you when we did that uh meat grinder which yes that was know, so much fun it was <laughs> so really sad. fun um sad to lose our faithful adventurers but you know I could, now that we're on this episode, like I could tell like, oh, Jason had the big picture mm. and everything you were rolling with the punches. Yeah. And I, and I love that. Um, and, and one thing I do want to add to this as well is more from a, where can folks find you? I know that y'all are on, y'all have some Alexa skills that you could pretty much, you know, if you have Alexa, you can say, hey, Alexa, boom, and go from there. Um, to make but, sure you're not setting off the echo that's in my office while we're recording. <laughs> well, hopefully not. But um, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, if folks want to find you, and if folks want to listen more, because, like I said, you have a lot of great um, kind of bite-sized pieces on Alexa where you could go and you can, we can find you. 
Yeah, so we're a lot of places. And honestly, you know, I am open if, if people have a preferred listening platform, just shoot us a message um, through Instagram and let us know what it is. And I'll look into trying to get the cast on there. Um, right now, predominantly, uh, most of our listeners come through Apple Podcasts, um, nice. but we're on Google Podcasts, we're on uh, Spotify um, Podcasts, we do have an Alexa um app skill enabled um, for cool. your daily flash briefing. So you can get those podcasts when they push out. You can kind of listen to them over your echo while you're making coffee in the morning. Um, and we're on a couple of other services that I think I'm not even, I don't even know about. They just grab our RSS feed and like stream the service are anyways. So are you using like a platform like Anchor? We host through Podbean. Oh, nice. Okay. So awesome. that's kind of our home center um, for the episodes, but it gets pushed out to a lot of different places from there. Um, so that's the best place to listen. And then outside of that, our other main presence is on Instagram. Um, I do have a Facebook page for the compendium as well. Um, and then we do actually, we just started a um, private Facebook group for the compendium for anyone that becomes um, a, I think it's second level or higher patron for our Patreon nice. account. Okay. Um, and that it's just another resource we wanted to create to get dialogues going to you know be able to help people have answers i remember thinking when i started the podcast that i have a jason and everybody needs a jason <laughs> and so that's kind of like where the podcast concept came from was like you know i have this one resource that's really great that anytime i get stuck i can text him and be like hey how would i do this like not everybody has a jason and so basically we're bringing jason to <laughs> I really everyone. appreciate that. That's very flattering. Thank you. So you're saying that everyone should have a Jason then? Yes. Yeah. All right. Or well, a resource, a D&D, &D, you know, a knowing D&D &D nerd that can kind of act as your Obi-Wan Kenobi to guide you along your D&D your &D yeah. way. So basically what she's saying is that the compendium is a digital brain in a jar that you can consult anytime you want. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that. I actually <laughs> like that. Um, Good so visual. I'm never not going to think of it like that. So thank yeah, we you, should change. We should change our logo right away. Yeah, just scrap the whole thing. Yeah. And um, did you talk about your Twitter, the Twitter as well for the podcast? I did not. We do have a Twitter also. Awesome. Which is just at compendium. Not yes. the, the V isn't there on that one. And then uh, people can find me on Instagram at critical dice on uh, Twitter at critical underscore dice. And um, I think, have a Facebook page as well, but um, uh, just going to Google Play or Apple uh, Podcasts to find the Compend DM is mm -hmm. the best way to listen to the podcast. And as always, if if people can't, you know, it's it's wild times right now in the world, and sure. if people can't be part of our Patreon, no problem. But if they can just give us a review, uh, share it with a friend. If someone says to them at work, hey you play D&D, how do you play? You know, we only have a 15 minute break, but let me give you this podcast that you can listen mm -hmm. to. Exactly. And, sh and sharing it that way goes a long way and we really appreciate it. Yeah, and honestly, um, and, and obviously I'll be putting all the links in the, you know, in the description and whatnot, but what I will say is that folks, if you um, have even just a little bit of time, and again, five minutes, 10 minutes is, a, is, a, is plenty, to go through um, these episodes because it is a wealth of knowledge. Like I absolutely love what y'all are doing. I completely support it. Folks in the audience, I really appreciate y'all listening. Be sure to follow the compendium 
go to Apple um, Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts and make sure to leave them a five-star review because quite honestly, that is what they deserve. But in addition to that, that's actually what helps them grow. So when you leave five-star reviews on, you know, the Compendium podcast, the Bearded Nerd podcast, even Mm -hmm. that actually helps us grow and it helps the tabletop gaming industry grow even more. So Casey, Jason, I really appreciate y'all stopping by, hanging out with me. Um, Folks, again, be sure to follow them. Be sure to subscribe to the Bearded Nerd podcast. But as always, y'all keep gaming. (music) Thank <music> you.